I'm going to give you the title before I begin to read. And the title of this message, this, this quick word I'm going to communicate is who's restraining who. I may have given you a different title. I got four restraints and I'm, I'm sorry. It's who's restraining who. Turn to Second Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm going to read. You can go ahead and be seated because I'm going to read 13 verses of scripture. Amen. I know I have that standing ministry where you stand for a while. I've been so gracious this evening. Kind of looking over at my wife. So I had one guy, I think, it, I forget who, I, we were watching the service online. And I was like, man, he had somebody stand. They were standing like for 20-something minutes. It was almost 30 minutes they were standing. And I said, I don't keep people standing that long. She looked at me like, I was like, I know I didn't keep people standing that long for 30 minutes. Don't even try. So now we beseech you. I'm going to go ahead and just pardon me. I, I want to turn to it and I have it on my um, iPad, but I want to read it from here. If you don't mind. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. I ask you to be seated because I'm going to do some teaching, but I really I really just want to get to the point. But I I, I need to dissect scripture. For many of you, you don't know anything about the coming of the Lord. For a lot of you, you don't know anything about the rapture of the church, uh, the appearing of, of Jesus Christ, the second coming, the apocalypse, and, and the, um, the tribulation, the great tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, Daniel's 70th week, and some of you are saying, what, what is all that? Well, these are terms and uh, terminology in the Bible that's uh, speaking of a uh, specific time and time frame and events that's going to occur during a specific uh, time frame. And so Paul is addressing the church of uh, uh, Thessalonica, uh, this is the Thessalonians, and he's addressing this church uh, in the city of uh, Thessalonica. And he is communicating uh, to the church about something he talked about in his previous letter. In his previous letter, he was re talking about uh, uh, times and seasons and and about the church being caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and being with the Lord. And that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. He spoke of these things in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and chapter 5. And he went on to talk about 
uh, us being caught up together, the church being raptured, if you've ever heard that term, and uh, about the rapture transpiring, we've been caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And he goes on to say, but hey, of the times and seasons, he didn't have to write to them about that uh, because the we, they knew perfectly that the day of the Lord was going to come as a thief in the night. And the, the day of the Lord throughout all Old Testament scripture was, uh, first of all, was written to the Jewish nation. The day of the Lord was spoken of in many passages of scripture in the you ask a Jew a Hebrew uh, today about the day of the Lord they will tell you it's not a single day they will tell you it's a specific time period when the uh, they will let you know that it it's the time when the Messiah would come but when the Messiah would come, it would be a horrible time. It would be a, a bad time, if you will, for the children of Israel. And um, I, I used to work with a uh, devout Jew. And my boss, and they practiced... Uh, and, you know, wasn't just someone who was of the lineage of, uh, you know, an uh, Israel. Wasn't just an Israelite or Jew. Uh, they practiced the religion. And, um, and I talked to my boss about certain things as far as what the Jewish people believed. And um, so we talked about the day of the Lord. And I, I questioned, what, what do the Jews believe? And essentially all of them, almost all Jews who believed in the day of the Lord, believe that it is a, a time when Jesus Christ, or not, they don't know him as Jesus Christ, but their Messiah. When the Messiah is going to come and to restore the kingdom of Israel. It's a time when the Messiah is going to come and uh, and um, save Israel because it's going to be a time of destruction for them. It's going to be a time of devastation for them, a time where they're mistreated and abused and all that. And and as I spoke, and, and you can find out, you can do some reading and, and some and some searches and, and find out that Jews everywhere. They understand that the Messiah is coming to save them. Not just save them. He's not coming to save them from sin. Because they believe they're already saved in God's people. But coming to rescue them. And they understand that that is going to happen when there's great horror in their nation. The problem was when the Israelites, when the Jewish nation was under the Roman Empire, many thought that that was the time for, for the Messiah to deliver them. 
And so when Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared among his disciples and just before his ascension, they asked Jesus, are you going to restore us or the nation at this time? They thought that they were in the time of trouble because they had been persecuted and put down by the Roman government. But a lot of prophecies prophecies hadn't come to pass. And now, 2,000 years later, the Jews understand that their Messiah, they're still looking for the Messiah. But they understand that when he comes, it's going to be a time of trouble for them. Many Jews today, they are trying to build this temple to usher in the Messiah. They, uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of the politicians in Israel now, before it was just a religious right, but now there's a, a, a major party, and it's, it, 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 I've read some articles that now it's being pushed throughout all circles for them to build this temple. And, uh, and they, they understand that when they build this temple, it's going to usher in the time of the Messiah. They understand that when they build this temple, it's going to be the day of the Lord and the day of destruction that's going to come from the Almighty. It's not just a one-day event. Many of us believe in Christianity today, wrongly so, that the day of the Lord is the rapture, and it's not the rapture. The day of the Lord is a time that was allotted for the nation of Israel and for God to bring an end to sin and to establish his covenant with his people. What people did not know during that time and that dispensation that there would be a church age because the Bible says it was a mystery that was hidden throughout all the ages. Paul began to talk about the mystery of the church and Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so the church age was something that they did not understand or see, but you could see a little uh, traces of it throughout Scripture. And and now we are in this this church age that 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 the Jews did not understand. We were grafted in, and and now we are a part of Christ's church and a part of God's plan and a part of God's purpose. And and the nation of Israel did not see that. And but God has is not done by far with the nation of Israel. The Bible talks about a the time that he's going to call the remnant. And there's a time you read scripture that says that God is going to save Israel from destruction that's going to come. If you look at all the scriptures that are dealing with that in the last days, it's talking about Israel being surrounded by many armies. And God is going to deliver them. How? Jesus Christ is going to come back and deliver them. Now, you say, what does that have to do with the church? Again, I'm going to do a little teaching before I get to what I need to get to. I didn't plan to do all this, but this is what I feel to do. And so we had Thessalonians, uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 4 and 5 of the first Thessalonians. Paul was communicating to the church about the rapture because that was also a mystery. It was not something that people knew about. And, and, and even today, people are still mystified about the rapture. 
And there's all sorts of questions in the, uh, about the rapture. And so Paul was telling them that you will be caught up in the air and, and, and then talked about the, the day of the Lord. And then he writes this second letter to address the church. And so this where it picks up. It said, now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and so, and now gathering together unto him. He said the same things, the same words prior to when he talked to the church, uh, in, in 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 and chapter 5. And so I beseech you by our, by the coming of the Lord, when he comes, and that word coming means a nearness. It's a time period. And by our gathering together unto him, that's an event. It's not a time period. Are y'all still with me? Y'all okay? All right. Hopefully I'm not, you know, that's why sometimes when you're teaching stuff like that, you need to do it in a uh, different setting. And he goes on and says that you should not soon or be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as as the day of Christ or the day of the Lord is at hand. And that word at hand means here. So I could read a couple of other translations, if you would. Uh, but I, I, I'm not. I, I, I'm going to move on. Man, I'm, I'm tempted to kind of read. My iPad is not act, it's, it's acting up. <laughs> that was good. He said I needed an Android. Amen. See, I should have had this done. So I'm, I'm going to continue reading while I'm trying to find why I go to that because I didn't have it up. I didn't think I was going to read a couple of other translations, uh, but I, I think I am for your sake. Amen. So, bless you. All right, here we go. I'm reading the easy, uh, the English Standard Version. I'm sorry. That's great to say the easy to read translation. I might get that one too. Now, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our being gathered together with him, talking about the rapture. We ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us. Most scholars say that there was a letter that was going around saying that they, the Jewish people, and the church was in the day of the Lord. That the rapture had already taken place. Now watch this because I'm going to prove that's the case. If it was them being afraid of the rapture, I mean, if they were thinking that the rapture was coming, they wouldn't be afraid. If I'm, I'm in the church, now some of you might be afraid of the rapture, but I'm not. If, 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 if the rapture was getting ready to take place, I wouldn't be, oh, my goodness, 
The rapture has already happened. Now, if you're not right with God, you'll be doing that. If you're held on to this earth, but any, any, <laughs> any, any child of God, worth a grain of salt. <clears throat> when it's time, I'm out of here. I'm not afraid of the rapture. If you're afraid of the rapture, you're not ready. But he said, don't be alarmed as, as though, um, or by a spirit or a spoken word or by a letter seeming to be from us. Somebody wrote a letter, but it wasn't from the apostles. And he says, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Now, so hold up. It couldn't be the rapture because they were saying, hey, the day of the Lord has come. Don't be all shaken and rattled that somebody wrote a letter that you're in the day of the Lord. Well, what they were saying that obviously you missed the rapture and now you're in the day of the Lord. That's the only way you could possibly interpret these scriptures. No other way. So that you be soon shaking them going back to the King James. That you be soon shaken in mind or trouble, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as the day of Christ is at hand. All, every other translation says it has come. In other words, you're in the day of the Lord. Because it's not one day. In other words, again, remember verse 1 says that, go back to verse 1. So this is how you know that they thought they missed the rapture. Verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and now gather together, what? Unto him. So he was saying, hey, I'm, I'm talking to you about us being raptured. Now, go ahead. Next verse. That you be soon shaken in mind or troubled by spirit, word, or letters from us, as that the day of Christ is here, at hand, it has come. In other words, the dead Christ, the dead of the Lord is not the rapture. We, we already identified that. And so they thought, hey, they're gathered together unto him. And then the day of the Lord, the obviously the, 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 the gathering together had come already. And now they're living in the day where they missed it. Because I don't know about you, I, I wouldn't want to miss the rapture. And, and so Paul goes on to, to begin to communicate this concept. So you're with me, you understand? Okay. So I, I just want to make sure. He said, let no man deceive you by any means. We're in verse number three. I don't think you are. Could you keep up with me, please? Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come. What day? Not the rapture. He wasn't talking about the rapture. But that day shall not come. What day was he talking about? He just said it in, in verse number two. The day of the Lord. Not a 24-hour period. Not a single event. Not a rapture. But the day of the Lord. That time frame. That day. That, this, that time frame will not come except there be a falling away first. And the son of man or the son of perdition be revealed. So the son of perdition being revealed is not before the rapture. It's before the day of the Lord. 
It's before the day of the Lord. And so, because they would have already been raptured, their Lord would come place, and that the day of the Lord is coming, because I can take you to Scripture, what marks the, 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 the beginning of that time frame is the appearing of the Antichrist, the son of perdition. And um, I don't have a lot of time to teach that tonight, but that's really not my point. And I didn't really think that I was going to get into that. And so the son of perdition, verse number four, you can turn quickly. I'm probably going to roll now. Who opposeth and exalt him, oh, I'm sorry, who opposeth and exalt himself above all that is called God. He opposes God and he exalts himself above everything that calls itself God or that is worshipped so that he as God, here we go, sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Well, I've got a question for you. What temple? The temple has to be built in order for him to sit in the temple. In order for him to sit in the temple, it has to be built. In order for it to be a temple of God, God must ordain it as his temple. And God must call it his temple. Well, how can God call something his temple in Israel while the church is still here? The scripture says we are the temple of God. You know you not that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? We're God's temple. Throughout the New Testament, we are God's temple. I don't care what they build over there. As long as the church is here, God doesn't call it his temple. It's impossible. Now, but there's going to be something that's built. And there's some dispensation, some time period, there's going to be something that is the temple of God. Paul said the temple of God. He didn't just say a temple. It was the, Paul the apostle said that's going to be the temple of God. And only Jews worship in that type of temple. You can't have two different uh, plans of salvation at the same time. In order for God to direct his attention to that, like it is promised in many scriptures in the Old Testament, for him to turn there, the church can't be here. That's why Paul was saying, I beseech you by the coming of the Lord and now gather together to him. Talking about the rapture. Y'all okay? Next verse. Remember ye not that when I was, was yet with you, I told you these things? And Paul said, I talk to you about this stuff. Next verse. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. So Paul said, now you understand. I told you about all this. And now you understand the thing that is holding it back. Holding the day of the Lord back. That's holding this uh, um, son of perdition back. Next verse. For the mystery of iniquity or lawlessness doth already work 
Only he who letteth will let. Now, that's crazy King James words. It's not only he who allows. The word letteth means restrains. Only he who restrains will restrain until that be taken or he be taken out of the way. And so there is a restraining force that's restraining all the powers of hell and keeping all you think it's dark now but let me tell you something when the restraining is taken away all hell is going to break loose on earth and the bible says that satan is going to be kicked out and that he's going to fill the antichrist and you hadn't seen bad yet i wish i had time to show you all the scripture I'm going to read that in a couple of other translations. Do y'all mind me reading that in a couple of other translations? Some people get all spooky and or some people get bored with this stuff. I never get bored with this stuff. I, I love it. Now, here we go. I'm going to read it in another translation. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains who restrains it, will do so until he be taken out of the way. And then the lawless one uh, will be revealed. Now, I want to read it in a couple of other translations. Now, hold up. Let me finish that that, that uh, verse. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearing of his coming. Now, notice that the appearing of his coming, not his coming, but the appearing of his coming. Again, that word coming is a, a Greek word that that means it's, it's I don't want to get the pronunciation wrong. I should probably turn there. And I, I, I know we're in a church service and I, I'm so much wanting to teach because <laughs> this is good stuff. I love this stuff. But but it's a parousia, and I may be pronouncing it wrong, but it, it's, it, it's a nearness or, or all around. It's, it's that time frame, and, and, and it's talking about the coming. It's not all, see, we always think about the coming of the Lord. It's talking about when he, boom. That's not what that's talking about, because when he first comes, his nearness is, is to rapture the church. And then he's not stepping down on earth, but at the end of this period, the Bible says he's going to destroy the wicked one. I know this is not taking place at the rapture because when you read the scripture, you'll see that in the book of Revelation that he's going to take the Antichrist and he's going to cast him in the lake of fire. And that doesn't happen until Israel is being persecuted. And that doesn't happen until the church is gone. Are y'all lost? I know some of you probably never heard this before. Like, I didn't know all that was going to happen. Well, you better hearing this news than hearing all that other junk. And some people want to be afraid of this stuff. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to know. Amen. Don't tell me you don't want to know. So if there's a hurricane coming up the East Coast is going to hit Merlin, you don't want to know about it. If there's a tornado that's about to touch down, you don't want to know about it. Amen. If somebody's lighting fire to your house, you don't want to know about it. 
If somebody's ready to break into your house, some, some gunman's going to come and blow it up, you don't want to know about it. If there's a bomb about to go off, you don't want to know about it. Don't tell me you don't want to know about this. So here we are. Uh, I'm going to keep reading. Y'all said keep reading? And, and, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him who's coming, talking about the Antichrist, the, 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 the man of sin, the son of perdition, meaning destruction, the son of uh, destruction. And with all, he said, whose coming is at the working of Satan, with all power, signs, lying wonders. This is the Antichrist, folks. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not a love for the truth, that they might be saved. So this is talking about people who are not being saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the love, not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Hopefully you will follow along. But I want to go back up to verse number seven. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who, who now restrains or letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. If you will permit me, I'm going to read another couple of translations so you don't think I'm just throwing something out i'm reading the world english bible for the mystery of lawlessness already works only there is one who restrains now until he is taken out of the way and when when he's taken out of the way then the lawless one will be revealed i'm can I, one more can i read one more translation bible in basic english for the secret of evil is even now at work but there is one who is coming back, who is keeping back, I'm sorry, but there is one who is keeping back the evil till he is taken out of the way, and then will come the revelation of that evil one. And so there is a restraining power that's keeping the Antichrist back, that's keeping this dark darkness that's about to come in this world back. And that, that is, can I just get you to, I don't know, I could teach you all night and I would, and I would have the energy. I haven't eaten all day and, uh, and I got a slight headache from not eating and I, and I'm not trying to keep you here all along, but I'm telling you right now and I can teach this and don't worry. Some of you saying, no, I'm trying to get out of here. There, there. This day is, is coming, folks. It's not I'm trying to, I'm, you're just trying to scare me. It's in the Bible. I'm not trying to scare you with the Bible. Why would I try to scare you with the Bible? <laughs> right? Well, they try, they try to scare you in church. I'm just reading the Bible. God is not into scaring people. God is into saving people. And I want to know what he has to say in his word. <laughs> Quite frankly... But there is a restrainer that the Bible says, do you, and I'm, I'm just going to get to the punchline. Like, like 30 minutes later, right? 40 minutes later. I could have got to the punchline a whole lot sooner, right? That's what some of you are thinking. 
Well, if I would have got to the punchline a whole lot sooner, some people who've never heard this before wouldn't have heard it. Some people didn't know about this. Just hurry up. Yeah, you say that about the movies you watch. Just get to the punchline. Won't you just go to the end of your movie, the end of the book, or end of whatever? No, you don't. You watch it all the way through. Just go to the fourth quarter of your game with the last two minutes. No, you want to watch it all the way through, just like I do. The restraining power. Jesus said it this way when he was with his disciples. He said, it's more, now this is King James, it's expedient, more expedient if I go away. I mean, it's profitable for you. If I, it's better if I go away. Because if I go, the comforter is going to come to you. And you say, oh, the comforter, that's the third person of the Trinity. No, it's not. Jesus said it this way. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And then he said, because he is with you, but then he's going to be in you. And who was with them? It was Jesus. Now I have the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the Lord in me. It's only one spirit. And if now here we go. There was a day. Now he said the, the Holy Ghost, the spirit, the comforter will come. Now. There was the spirit of God in the in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter one, chapter one, verse number one and two, that the spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. Now, I got a question for you. If the, the spirit of God covers all space and time, so it doesn't move from one place to another. Like I say, I move right here. But when it talks about the spirit of God moving, it's not that he's not already everywhere at once. You see, air is everywhere at once. But then the air can move. And so the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. But it's everywhere at once. David said, hey, if I go up to the heaven of the heavens, you're there. He said, I go down to the depths of the sea, you're there. Amen. You may not believe it or not, but God's right down the bar stool. Oh, no, no, God's not. Let me tell you, God is everywhere. He's in China right now. He's in Russia. Hey, he's on Mount Rushmore. Hey, he's everywhere at once. There's no way you can go that God is not there because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. But, and he, the Bible says God is a spirit. It's not some old man some sitting somewhere on a throne going like this on his beard. Right? Amen. God is in this room. The Bible says we move in him and we, we have our life in him, our being in him. Amen. Jesus said, I'm in the Father. And the Father is in me. And he walked around, hey, I'm in the Father. Hey. And they said, oh, I just showed the Father. He said, haven't I been so long with you? You see the Father. I've told you who I am. Oh, son, son, John, I'm going to mess up somebody else. The other. So I got to move on. So the Spirit was there all along. 
But Jesus said that when he dies and he goes up, the comforter, the Holy Ghost is going to come. What was he talking about? Now he's talking about a dimension of the Holy Ghost that wasn't available until he died. And when he died and rose, he went up to glory. He was going to send another manifestation of God. He was going to send the presence of God in such a way that it would fill you. And now you would become the temple of God. And that God that would fill man would restrain the power of darkness. And when Jesus walked on the scene, the devils heard, hey, you're the son of God. Have mercy on me. Son of David, they knew who he was. And I want to let you know, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, when you walk around, those devils know who you are. Or the Spirit that's in you. Now, if it came one day, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, that there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and the Holy Ghost came and filled everybody that was sitting in the house. And we think we got to stand people up and lift their hands up for 10 minutes. And everybody that was sitting in the house received the Holy Ghost because it came on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost came on a specific day. And there's going to be a specific day that the Holy Ghost that came to fill people for people to receive the Holy Ghost. That same Holy Ghost that's in people when the whole, when, when Jesus comes and says, come up hither, the Holy Ghost is going to snatch you up. And that power that came down one day, that came down to fill people. Oh, hallelujah. Now, why the Spirit of God is still everywhere, because he can't go anywhere. It has always been everywhere. But the manifestation of the Holy Ghost to fill people came one day. And that same power is restraining the evil one. It's restraining the Antichrist. But one day, Jesus is going to descend and say, come up hither. And the Holy Ghost that's in you is going to snatch you up. And that restraining power that's restraining the dark forces of this world. And people can talk about the church all they want to. The Jesus said the church is the light of the world. It's the salt of the earth. It's preserving everything. Now they're getting on the church. They don't know we're saving their hide. Because once it goes, all hell is going to break loose. It says that. We just read about it. And what, once the restraining power leaves, the Antichrist is going to be revealed. And the Bible says that man is going to be like more precious than gold. In other words, the Bible says all over one half of all mankind is going to die in the seven-year period. There are seven billion people on earth. 3.5 or 4 billion people are going to die. Can you understand that? And so when Jesus said, see, and that's why this is another thing people get wrong. People thought that this mean, mean the rapture. He said, one will be taken, one, two women are going to be in the field. One is going to be taken, another left. Hey, two men, one, men, people are going to be grinding. One taking another left. Two in the bed, one taking another left. And we think that's the rapture. It's not even talking about the rapture. It's talking about dying. 
You read it. That's why then they said, take him where? He says, where the, 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 uh, uh, the vultures is translated as eagles. Everywhere else is vultures in the King James. But where the vultures are, there the carcass will be also. And he talked about being taken. And then he likened it into, uh, the days of Noah. He said, in the days of Noah, uh, um, um, the, the, the floods came and took them all the way everybody was washed away he said but no but in the day he said just like it was in the days of Noah when everybody was taken away it's going to be like that in the days of the son of man where two will be in the field one is going to be taken what die read the scripture that's what it's talking about I can prove it it's not talking about the rapture people just get the bible all messed up you read and you'll see it's connecting being taken when they were all died, being taken by the flood, they said they were all being t- taken by the flood. One is going to be taken and the other left. What are you talking about? Because all the scripture says that one half of all mankind is going to die. Got plenty of scripture for it. I can tell you, I love it. I ain't going to say something I can't back up with scripture. I don't come throwing something out this, this night, you know, your own imagination. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to name an antichrist and say what's this and what's that unless the Bible can say it. But we're talking about that restraining power. It's, it's, it's still, it's only 747. So don't get, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done though. I know all oh, pastors on the roll now. Now the Bible says in Mark chapter 3 verse 27, where it take a slight turn, a turn. Just to get to my point. Mark 3, 27. Now, some of you go look this up. The stuff I just talked about, go look it up. Please go look it up and you'll see. Because I thought for years you watched the, uh, uh, what is that, Left Behind? And you think that's what they're talking about? See, we look at it. And then other other prophecy books. A lot of prophecy stuff, I don't, you know, some people, that, I don't believe half the stuff some of those guys were talking about. Because when I look at the scripture, I'm like, no, I think you got that wrong. <laughs> Let no man enter into, uh, oh, I'm sorry, no man can enter into a strong man's house. Now, first of all, I'll go up before that to build context. And I'm not trying to build context for 30 minutes. I'm, if Satan rise up against Satan himself, against himself, I'm sorry, if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but have and end. So it's really talking, he was talking about Satan. What was going on is they were calling Jesus Satan because Jesus was doing some bad stuff. And I say bad means some good stuff, you know? And so Jesus was healing people, touching lives and all that. And right. And, and Jesus was just working and, and, and they said, no, this guy, he, he's of the devil because he's not doing it our religious way. He's come preaching some new thing, doing some new thing. I don't like the way he's doing it. And so he said, Hey, look, if I was the, the devil, I would be fighting against my own kingdom. And so he went on to say, next verse, and he said, hey, next verse, no man can enter into the strong man's house. So just act like you're the strong man. And, and you, you got some goods in your house. And he said, nobody can enter into the strong because you're going to protect your stuff, right? So here, won't you slide over a little bit? I know you're near your wife and all that. And you just gone away and you want to be with her, but slide over right here. He's in your house. Go ahead. Slide over here. Slide over a little bit. You're in the house. 
You can be with your husband. You're in the house. Now, you're the strong man. Come on, stand up. Now, these are your goods. They, that, that belongs to you. Now, if I am trying to get, now, they're your goods. You're going to protect it. Now, if I come over here, what you going to do? There you go. If I come out here, uh-oh, look at that. Ooh. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I'm going to try stiff arm next time. All right. All right. Get that man a contract. He's ready. So he's saying that no man can enter the strong man's house. It was just talking about the devil because he's the strong man that has everything in this world bound. He's called the prince of the power of the air. He's called the, the God of this world. And he's, he's, and, and the goods are people because hell wasn't made for people. The Bible says hell was made for the angels. And so they had a destination. And as I said this morning, we only have an invitation. If you want to go there, you can. The devil had a, a, he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't have an invitation to hell. He has a destination. And the very end, he can't stop it. He can't repent. He can't do anything. He knows. He's, he's the first loser. He will always be a loser. He couldn't get it right. He can't get it right. He can't do anything that's good. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He's a robber. He's a stealer. He's a deceiver. He has his whole world deceived, the Bible says. Don't listen to what's going on in the world. So he want to protect his goods. His goods is all the souls. They're his trophies. And so he's saying, you can't, you know, he said, no one can enter to the strong man's house and spoil. That word spoil doesn't mean like milk going bad. It means to take, you know, the spoils. It's plunder. Right? It's boot and plunder. And so... You, you know, they, you, you see, you want to take it. And he says, no one can take his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his, his house. So here it is. He is being the restrainer. He's restraining us from taking his goods. And we must bind the strong man and take his goods. And that's the people that are going to hell. They are doomed to hell unless we come with the message of good news that Jesus Christ died for their sins and died to set them free. They don't have to be bound by sin and bound by this world. But we got to get to the strong man's house and spoil his goods. So we got to bind the strong man first. See, he telling him to sit down. That's it, man. That's how the devil does. And people listen to him. And so what Jesus said, hey, he said, I have given you power. That word power means authority. And he said, what you shall bind on earth uh, shall be bound in heaven. Uh, and what you loose on earth uh, shall be loosed in heaven. Uh, so I begin to call on the angels of God. Uh, I begin to call on Michael. Uh, and I begin to call on Gabrielle. Come on, Gabrielle. You say your prophet run down here. 
And I began, now, now there's somebody, now some, you read some of those false books, they say it's an uh, uh, angel called Raphael. Don't listen to that book, man. That's the Apocrypha. Don't listen to that Raphael stuff. It's not in the other books. Come on. But all the other angels. Now the Bible says they have more that be with us than be with them. I got another. You think the devil is giving you a fit? The Bible says only one third of the devil's been kicked out of heaven. That means we got two thirds on our side. And we got the Holy Ghost. Now, we have the Holy Ghost. We got power. To, but you know what? We command it. And so here it is. We want to steal those goods. He said, you first must bond the strong man. He's been resisting the church from taking the spoils. And we supposed to be the one that had the restrainer in us. I said, who's restraining who? Good and so... We're going to bind the strong man. Come on, get him, guys. And now we're going to steal his goods. Come on. God wants to deliver you. God wants to save you. God wants to set you free. Let me tell you, the devil can't stop the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Jesus said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I said, who's restraining who? We have the power of the restrainer in us. It's time for the church to be the church in these last days. Oh, hallelujah. Shatayah mahasatabahaya. He cut a Yamaho Satabahaya. He learned on the Bahose and the Ronalabaho Satabaha Satabahaya. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost in the church, is restraining Satan's revival. Satan is going to have revival in the last days, the Bible says. The Bible says it's going to be dark, so dark, so dim, so bleak. It will be called the worst time of man's history. World War II was nothing compared to World War III. World War I was just a cakewalk compared to what's getting ready to come on the earth. Every plague that was ever uh, uh, that, that ever came on the earth, whether it's the black plague or whatever. Hey, it was nothing. Age is nothing compared to the plagues that the Bible speaks of in that seven-year period. The catastrophes that's coming that we are experiencing. Earthquakes are increasing. Hurricanes are getting stronger and stronger. The Bible says that the waves are going to be roaring. That all creation is going to moan and groan. Waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. I'm telling you, we're in that day. All nations, the Bible says, will come against Israel. They are melting up. All the Muslim nations. Everything that God prophesied about in his word 
We're seeing it form and coming to pass. The Bible says that men will be lovers of themselves, uh, that we will live in a day where it will be perilous times, ruthless times, and dark times. We're in that day, but I got news for you. It can't get as bad as it's going to get because you and I are still here. But I want to, I have a question for you. Who's restraining who? I'm telling you, hell is going to have revival. And we're restraining hell from revival. And we can't let, we can't let Satan restrain us from our revival. I said the church is restraining hell from having revival. And while that's the case, we can't let Satan restrain us from having a revival. God has called us to this city. To reach the people that will be saved in this city. God has called us to these counties to reach the people that are in Hoffa County, uh, Baltimore County, and uh, Northern Anne Arundel County. God has called this body, this group of people, to win whosoever will, as many as, as, as God should call that will want to be a part of this church. It is our right, our responsibility, our privilege. We are the restraining force. And we cannot allow the enemy to restrain us. I got a question for you, church. Who's restraining who? Are you restraining the Holy, uh, the, the, the uh, Antichrist? Are you restraining the, the forces of darkness? Or is he restraining you from having a revival in your life that God is designed to give you? Is he restraining you from finding the will and the purpose of God in your life? I want everybody to come on to the altar that will. As I close, I didn't really mean to be this long. I thought we were going to get out early, but I went into a little Bible study. If you have questions about anything I've said, I would love for you to say, let's talk. I, I love Bible study. And I mean looking at scripture. Not 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 opinion, scriptures. So we're the church of the living God. You're in this place that you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. I didn't say sprinkled, dipped. Water poured on you. That word baptized means to be immersed, to be completely covered. Jesus said that those that are are baptized are buried with me in baptism. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're buried with him. That's the only way that you can take his death, his burial, and his blood upon you. When you go down in that water in Jesus' name, if you're in this place and you've never been baptized, it's not a matter of joining some church. It's not a matter of joining religion. It's not a religious act or ritual. It's God's plan of salvation. It was God who instituted it, not man. And so if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, and that means if you've never received that spirit that's called the Comforter, if you've never been filled with the Spirit of God, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, it's for you. It's God's promise. It's God's gift. He's no respecter of persons. 
He desires everyone in this building to have his spirit. The Bible says when all the believers on the day of Pentecost, it was 120 people, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, Peter, who they call St. Peter, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Mary was a tongue talker, you didn't know. They want to laugh at us for talking in tongues. Mary talked in tongues. Peter talked in tongues. James talked in tongues. John talked in tongues. When, when, uh, when Paul said, I talk in tongues more than them all. You see, that was the evidence. Initial evidence and the continual evidence of the power of God working in you. When we're baptized in that name, it's so great, far greater than being baptized in titles. When, I, when I'm baptized in that name, all the titles of God, because there's only one God, all the titles of that one God, amen, those titles represent the offices. It represents how God manifested himself. He manifested himself initially as creator creator of all things that's why he's the father father means creator okay and then he revealed himself in the form of flesh the bible says that jesus christ was the uh the uh the evidence or the visible manifestation of god he was the word that was made flesh he was the incarnate he was god robed in flesh he was called the son of god because he was born and birthed of the spirit of god and so God, who's the creator, he also gave himself flesh to die because that was the only part of God that could die. And blood. That's why the Bible says that we're redeemed by the blood of God. And so when we're baptized in Jesus' name, we're baptized into the Father and the Son. But guess what? Also the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is not a separate person. It's the supernatural spirit of God that's holy and set apart from everything else. The Bible says there's only one spirit of God. That spirit is manifested as God in operation. And so when we're baptized in Jesus' name, we're baptized into the all-consuming nature of God and, and every manifestation of God that was given to man. And that's the plan of God's salvation. Jesus said it this way, except a man is born of the water, baptism in his name, and of the spirit, that's the Holy Ghost, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Or actually, he says he cannot see, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God, except he's born of water and of the spirit, as Jesus explained it. He can't enter into the kingdom of God. There's no way around it. There's no way of escaping it. You see, God made it easy for each and every one of us to be saved. Not by our own, our own righteousness, our own deeds. He said, I'm going to use something as simple as this. I, God could have used anything. He chose to use that, and that's fine. And so here we are. Many of you have the Holy Ghost. Many of you have been baptized in Jesus' name. But I have a question for you. Who's restraining who? Are we restraining the Holy Ghost? I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Antichrist, the Spirit of God, the forces of darkness. 
or is the forces of darkness restraining us and the Holy Ghost that's within us from doing the will of God? Why don't you just lift your hands up to him right now? When we begin to speak to God all over the house, come on. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. Just yield yourselves to God. If I get some ministers just to kind of move through, pray. Let's pray one with another. Come on, right now. Amen. Let's pray together. Come on, in Jesus' name. We're in this thing together. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Come on, let's pray together, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church. I said we have the restraining force. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And now in this accepted time, amen, I can put all my sins, my past, under the blood. Come on, in Jesus' name. We seek you, Lord. We seek your presence. We seek your face. Hallelujah. Whatever you have to do, Lord, don't let us be lost. Make me a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer.
of rare. May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. Come on, that's it. May the fire of my altar never burn out. The fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. I want to be a house of prayer. Fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn out. The fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn out. The fire